another year is on us, and hopefully it will be a, a great year ahead in God and for each of you. That's my prayer. And uh, this morning I just wanted to share with you some thoughts about the year ahead, because I believe as Christians we're born to thrive, not just to survive life. Like it's not just uh, I'll get through. It should be no, I can get through with passion and with uh, a sense of purpose and a sense of, you know, really enjoying life, not just being smothered by life, but being on top of life and being your best and giving your best. So I want to share a little bit of that this morning. Now, if any of you have been driving long distance, you'll know what one of these is, a driver reviver, okay? Um, oftentimes when you're traveling on the highway, there's little signs like a, a micro sleep can kill in seconds. Or um, my favorite one is, passenger, is your driver fatigued? And about that point, when Cheryl sees the sign, she smacks me on the back of the head and she goes, are you awake? Or she pokes me in the ribs. But, uh, they're all good signs to have. But it is good when you're, when you're traveling the journey to just stop every two hours, they say, and just refresh and get ready and think about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every four hours, okay if we stop at all. But it is a good practice to stop and rest. Those of you who don't know me know I like to just drive and drive and drive. But it is good to stop, and I think I did stop twice on the way home. Yeah, that was pretty... Yeah, I needed to. Yeah, I was getting sleepy. But I stopped, so that was good. And it's a little bit like this. I think when you look at a lot of people's lives, and sometimes even our own lives, it's like... It's like the glass is half empty all the time, like like we've been robbed and we've you know our lives been stolen and, and and everything's difficult. But that's not what Jesus came to give us. We're not supposed to drown in life. We're supposed to thrive in life, because He came that we would have life and have it abundantly, have it in such a way that. Now, when we wake up in the morning, we're excited about the day. When we think about work, we're going there with a the sense of purpose. When we think about our family, it's a privilege to be a parent. When we think about all that we're doing, there's a God factor in it that changes the perspective of everything. But if we lose that, somehow life becomes a bit of a drudgery, a bit of a misery. And that's not the way Jesus wants it to be. He wants us to have a life that's really successful and fulfilling. So I'm going to share with you this morning nothing new. Just some friendly reminders of what will make your life really um, abundant in 2013. This is what scripture says. For everyone who is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So if we've got a dynamic faith, if we've got an intimate relationship with God, if we're walking with him, if we're you know in a good place, then life looks great. Life can be great. But... We were born to be overcomers. We weren't born to be victims. We weren't born to be miserable. We weren't born of God, you know, just to get through life. We're supposed to thrive. We're supposed to have a smile on our face. We're supposed to be enjoying life, and that's not always easy. So in life, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I know we know the theory, but the practice is the difficult part of it. So I want to give you just some tips and some clues for this year. So Christ-like living is a simple formula. Okay, Christianity is not complicated. We just make it that way. Let me show you why. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you could just do that one thing, your life would be complete. 
seek first the kingdom of God. So the main thing in 2013 is to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. So ask yourself this question, is what I'm doing in my life advancing, extending, empowering the kingdom of God? If it's not, stop doing it. Simple. If the kingdom is the focus, do it. If the kingdom is not the focus, stop it. Because that's what Jesus wants you to do, to seek first his kingdom. What does that mean? Your job is not to get money to pay the bills. Your job is to be an ambassador for the kingdom in the workplace where God has put you. He's put you amongst that group of people to be what? Jesus, to be light, to be salt, to be truth, to be wise, to be an example of Jesus. And so if you're seeing work through that kingdom mindset, it changes everything. If you're seeing your family through a kingdom mindset, if you're seeing life through that kingdom mindset, everything is an opportunity, not so much an obstacle. And so that, that heart attitude is really important. So the threshold of a new year is a great time to get things back in the right balance. And it's easy to get out of balance, isn't it? It's easy to get consumed by work or, you know, family life just gets all consuming and just, you know, getting kids ready for school and doing all those sorts of things. They can very quickly rob us of having God as first priority. And um, remember those little building blocks you used to get as a kid that they one would sit inside, the other would sit inside the other? And it's a little bit like stacking them up. If you put the little one first and try and stack them up and the shape goes that way, pretty soon you're going to fall. But if you put the kingdom of God first and then your marriage and then your family and then your ministry and then your workplace, you'll have a really healthy foundation for your life. So keep the main thing, the main thing in 2013. What's the main thing? Seek first the kingdom of God. It's really simple. So just get things back in proper perspective. It's a great time just to have 30 minutes with the Lord and say, Lord, how did I get it out of whack? Or what needs to be changed? Or what would you like me to do this year to get a better foundation for a healthy year? That's a simple one. A second one, excelling joy and contentment. I was really, what's the word, disappointed, discouraged when I read a lot of Facebook posts just merging into the new year because a lot of my Christian friends were writing stuff that was really like, like to me it was a testimony of how ungodly they really were because it was saying 2013 was so difficult and I didn't get this and this didn't come to fruition. And, and when you read what they were really saying, it was a declaration that I'm not happy where I'm at. I'm not content with my life and what God's given to me. It was like, you know, it wasn't enough. And it was really sad because it wasn't it wasn't a declaration of joy. It wasn't a declaration of God is good even in tough times. It was more like like I'm defeated. I'm defeated by what's happening for me. And it was almost like an expression of their happiness was tied up in the things of this world. They were looking for a measure of of, of satisfaction and fulfillment in worldly things rather than saying, No, my joy is in the Lord. That's where my strength comes from. So work didn't work out so good. So 2012 was a disappointment. You know, things didn't pan out the way they should have. Um, but that's not a godly attitude. A godly attitude is no matter what the circumstances or the, the perspective that, that is in front of you, you're a victor. You're an overcomer. And we've got to see life that way. 
Jason and Jules, you can come and sit just up here. We won't embarrass you at all and your beautiful family. These are friends of ours from Queensland. So I'll have to start talking slower, hey? Good to have you here, guys. So excel in joy and contentment. Too many Christians are looking for their happy new year in material things and, and worldly things, and they're going to disappoint you. They're hollow. They're, they're, just, they're just never going to bring you that satisfaction. They're only cultivating joy in the Lord can. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you... The Facebook posts were all a big whinge. They really were. It was really sad because it wasn't a testimony of God's goodness. It wasn't a testimony of, I'm happy with what God's given me. It was all about complaining and whinging and whining. I thought, no, that's not a Christ-like attitude to life. We're better than that. We've got to offer better than that. If you were a non-Christian reading that post and you've been bragging about your Christian faith, I'd have said, what's the point? You're no different to me. You're not declaring your faith has given you contentment and peace and joy and all those things that God wants us to have. And this is what Paul says, I have learned to be content whenever the, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through the one who gives me strength. So when you look down the tunnel of 2013, there's going to be lots of obstacles. There's going to be lots of things that are going to pop up in your life that are going to be difficult to get through. But don't let them turn your attitude into a negative one. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's your strength and he's your joy. And if you keep the kingdom of God first and your eyes on Jesus, then joy will naturally flow. When you take that out of priority, I can guarantee you your eyes will stray, your priorities will change, and you'll start looking for things that won't give you fulfillment. So this is a great time of year to adjust your attitude and say, Lord, yep, 2012 might have been difficult, but I'm going to live victoriously. I'm an overcomer. I'm not defeated. Brad, would you put that little video on for me, please, mate? Ladies, you might like some tissues about now.
Thanks, Brett. Oh, great little story, hey. Nobody's crying? Oh, I think Simon shed a tear, didn't you, mate? Yeah, it's all right, mate. But the point is, when you think about your friendships this year, be a benefactor to you, the people that God's put around you, not a detractor. You know what I'm saying? Like, be, be a positive influence in people's lives. Set your sights this year on being someone who's a great friend, a loyal friend, a faithful friend, someone who's always giving, someone who's always serving, someone who's a real great buddy. Christian friends, we love sacrificially. We don't put our own agenda first. We're willing to let others have their way. And we can accept people unconditionally. We should be able to trust completely. We should be able to keep healthy boundaries with our friendships and keep them whole and make them strong. And we should be able to give mutual edification. We should be building one another up. We should be good friends. We should know the value of uh, words that encourage people and edify them and, and, and speak life into them rather than tearing people down. One, one of the things that you notice when you hang around um, you know, non-Christian people is the language is always negative most of the time. It's always you know, tearing people down rather than build them up. And we need to be people that that invest into friendships. So be an inspiring friend this year. Think about the people that God's put in your life and really consciously go after building those relationships and making them better. But not just making them better, making them great. The friends are really, really important. And it's something you've got to consciously do is to build those relationships up. So build on the friendships you already have Cultivate the friendships you need if you don't have them. Take the time to make some really close friends. Restore the friendships that are fractured. If there's some relationships in your, in your world that you know aren't great, then have the courage to go and set them right. Go and fix them up. And be your friend who uplifts and upholds. That's a pretty simple one. The next one is this one. Look every day for the God-given opportunity or opportunities. It should really be. Because I believe that, that if we've got our focus on, on the kingdom and the king of kings and serving him, then by default, by, by delegation, we're going to be sent as ambassadors for the king. God is going to put every one of us in God-appointed, God-ordained situations for us to be the representative of, king, of the king of kings. It's going to happen. But so often we miss those opportunities and afterwards we go, Hmm, maybe God had me there for a reason, but we missed the we missed the moment. So I want to encourage you today 
to have a simple prayer every morning when you wake up. God, let me touch one person's life every day. And that will be 365 God encounters you have every day. And if we multiply that out by everyone in this room, that's a lot of lives that will be affected if we're looking for the God opportunities. That's Cheryl's prayer this year. She made that her prayer this year. And Cheryl and Mel went into the city uh, on Wednesday, was it? Yeah, Wednesday, Thursday. And uh, Cheryl was walking through the street and she saw a beggar sitting there asking for money. And she'd seen a few of them in the city that day. And, and she walked past and kept going. And the Lord said, no, go back and give him some money. And so she didn't have a lot, but she gave him what he had. And he, he started crying. And he said, thank you for giving me that. And, and, and Cheryl realized that at that point, he wasn't someone who was trying to scam people. He was actually a guy very much in need. And he said, I was praying last night that someone would actually come and bless me. So Cheryl could have very easily just kept going. But in the moment, God spoke. And she obeyed. And I really believe if we're tuning in to the voice of God, that he'll give us those God opportunities. So be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So God's going to put you in those situations. And the more you look for them, the more that they'll happen, because God will know he can entrust the response to you that you'll obey, that you'll speak up, that you'll, you know, you'll be a representative of the King of Kings. So be on the lookout for God moments and expect great things from God and attempt great things for God this year. Last year, remember, our, our motto was extravagant generosity. Okay, well, I can take this off now. I don't have to wear it anymore because this year is over, so I don't need to be generous anymore, do I? I can be a miser again. No, extravagant generosity always applies. It's a life principle and we've got to keep living generously. And that doesn't always mean putting your hand in your pocket and giving money away. But this is the biblical principle. Give and it will be given back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what's going to. Because that's a great principle. Give and it will be given back to you. It's not maybe, it's will be. In good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If that's not exciting, I don't know what is, because that's really a formula for a happy life, a life of blessing. Given it will come back to you. It will be put into your lap, for the, with the measure you use it will be the measure it comes back to you. So be generous in 2013 with your time, with your talents. If you sow frugally, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow generously, you will reap abundantly. It's, it's a hard life principle to learn that um, if you don't sow the right things, you can't expect a good harvest. And so we've got to be people that give and give and give and give and give with a servant attitude. It's not always easy. It's not always easy to put others first. It's not always easy to be last in line. It's not always easy to keep giving and keep giving and keep giving, but it's a Christ-like lifestyle. And we've got to do it. So don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy. In other words, be a smart, you know, there's lots of smart financial people, right? And they invest in the right property or the right shares and they reap a great dividend. But from a spiritual perspective, we've got to invest into what will bring rewards for us. 
And that's other people's lives. It's been a blessing because we've been blessed. And the circle of blessing goes around. The more I give, the more I get blessed, the more I can give away. And God loves that. He loves to see that cheerfulness and that generosity flow from our lives. Here's a really good one. Is there an elephant in your life that you've been avoiding? It's really easy in life to to know that there's something not right in your marriage or in a relationship or that there's a, an issue that you're struggling with. And, and it becomes like this. It's the elephant in the room, but you've camouflaged it in your life and you've learned survival skills to get around it or you really don't want to address it, but it's the largest object in the room. We're very good at doing that as humans. But I think what God wants us to do in 2013 is have the courage to say, yep, something's not right. It could be a strained marriage. It could be that your marriage was really good, but, but you know, there's been some tension and there's been you know, some struggles. Or sometimes you've got to have the courage to put those things on the table and go and get some help, go and get some counselling. It's not easy to do. I'm not saying these things are easy, but what's the alternative? Wait till it gets worse? No, go and fix it. Go and get some help. Go and get some wisdom. Go and get some counsel. Maybe your faith's just lukewarm. Maybe you just come to church every Sunday and it's just like ho-hum, going through the motions. That's no way to live. Get into a relationship with someone who's going to keep you accountable and is going to, going to encourage you and disciple you and mentor you and get into a place where you're excited about God and passionate about the things of God. Maybe there's unforgiveness in your heart. You've got a, a strained relationship with your in-laws or your parents or a brother or a sister, and, and you know it's like the elephant in the room, but you don't want to deal with it. What would Jesus have you do? He'd have you go and restore that relationship and get it right. There's some things in relationships that you can't resolve, but you can do what you can do to bring them to a healthy place again. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It's so sad to see people's lives chained to an elephant that can very easily be released. So can I encourage you in 2013 this morning, I'm going to give you time just to take communion with you and the Lord and have him speak to you, but maybe there's something that you've been putting off for a long time. Can I encourage you this year to be the year that you get it out of the camouflage bag and go and get some help, let God deal with that addiction or whatever it might be. And the last one, our mission in this year is so simple. Just bring heaven to earth. In every situation that you get yourself into, just bring the heaven factor in. When you're in the workplace and people are, are talking about things, use the language of heaven. Use the wisdom of heaven. When there's sickness, what do we do? We just draw on heaven. We bring heaven into every situation and every circumstances that we're in. That's all we're required to do. That's all Jesus did in his ministry. He just brought the heaven factor in. And we can do that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me and I'm giving it to you. So therefore, we can just simply invite the power and the presence of heaven to be a reality on earth, can't we? It's that simple. 
It really is that simple that we can we can model what Jesus did. There's a sickness. I have no power or authority on my own to change anything, but I can invite the power of heaven to come and make a difference. I'm not responsible for the outcome. I just invite heaven to come and do what God does best. In any situation, that principle applies. When you're a teacher at school like Cassie and you get to the door in the morning and you go, I am so tired. I don't want to face a classroom of snotty-nosed little kids that just want to tell me what to do all day. You invite the presence of heaven to come. Lord, I'm inadequate, I'm insufficient, but I know your grace is sufficient for me. Would you pour out heaven into my life and let me be Jesus to these kids? It applies in every situation, in every principle. Just invite heaven. Anywhere, anytime. Your car's broken down, what do you do? Jesus is the greatest mechanic I know. Invite heaven. It really is that simple. And sometimes I think we make it so much more complicated than it needs to be. This year, as you journey through, if we could practice that, just inviting heaven, it would be so good. So here's my prayer for this year. This is the, um, the Mark Wilson version of Psalm 23. In 2013, the Lord will be my only shepherd, so I will lack nothing. I will not post on Facebook. 2013 is a bad year. God, you didn't give me this. It hasn't panned out. I lack nothing. If I'm truly serving the king and his kingdom, I don't have any needs or wants. I've surrendered all my rights and I'm serving my king wholeheartedly. I don't need a new iPhone 4. I don't need a new iPad. If I get sacked from work, it's okay. I can deal with it because God's grace is sufficient for me. I lack nothing. I will comply when he makes me lie down in green pastures. I will obey when he leads me beside quiet waters. In submission, I will find refreshment for my soul. Jesus, be my guide along the right paths for your namesake. Even though I might walk through the darkest valley in the 12 months ahead, I'll fear no evil, for you are always with me. Throughout this year, your rod and your staff will comfort me. I will live victoriously because you will prepare a table for me even in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to have a feast in the tough times. In 2013, you will anoint my head with oil. My cup will overflow with countless blessings. Surely your goodness and your mercies will follow me this year and even all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that a great prayer for this year? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that we've just celebrated your incarnation, your coming to earth, your, your emptying yourself of your divinity, and Jesus, you taking on humanity. And you walked just like we did, and you struggled just like we do. But Lord, you had victory in every situation you submitted to your Father, you lived for the kingdom, you, you gave your life away as a blessing. Lord, you're our great example, you're our hero that we heard about this morning as we pray. Father, we, we want to live this year. We want to have a, a Christ-like attitude. We want to be looking at the landscape of this year with a positive Christ-like attitude, a victorious one, not a defeated out outlook but an outlook that says nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing can separate me. 
In every situation, there's a God opportunity. In every situation, there's something to learn. I can be an ambassador for the King. I can bring heaven to earth. Father, would you stir us up this year to make 2013 a really great year in you, where we're anchored to you, where we're serving you wholeheartedly, where our priorities are set right, where we've got a great foundation for growth. Father, would you really use us this year for your kingdom and for your glory? And Lord, where there's things that are holding us back, where there's relationships that aren't right, where there's there's issues in our personal life that we need to deal with, Lord, would you give us the courage this year not to just learn to live with them, not to have a survival mechanism, but Lord, to thrive in 2013, not just survive. Because you came to give us life abundantly, not to let the enemy rob and steal and destroy for us. So Lord, we're going to lock the door on the enemy. We're going to shut him out from our mindset. We're going to shut him out from our possessions and our resources. And we're going to say, no more. You're not going to rob and you're not going to steal from me anymore. I'm going to invite heaven into my situation. And I'm going to allow the Lord to prepare a banquet table for me, even in the midst of my enemies, even in the darkest part of my life. I'm going to learn to celebrate the goodness and the provision and the power of my God and my King. Because he has all authority and all power on heaven and in earth. Which means that can be executed in my life here today. I can live victoriously. I can live abundantly. It's not rocket science. It's submission to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's listening to his voice. It's obeying his will. Lord, help us to do those simple, simple things and to keep the main thing the main thing this year. Lord, we want to thank you for your call on our life to live that way. I want to thank you that when you called us to live abundantly, you didn't make it that we have to clamber over all these impossible obstacles to live that way, Lord. You just made it so easy, and yet we make it so difficult because we won't surrender and we won't give our lives completely to you. We want to keep putting ourselves back on the throne And you keep saying, no, get off the throne of your life. Commit yourself to me wholeheartedly. Have no other gods before me. And you'll be fulfilled and you'll be complete. But the moment you put something before me, I'm a jealous God. And I want to be the number one. In fact, I demand to be the number one because it's the way I've designed life to be. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will just be added unto you. Father, help us to keep the main thing the main thing this year, Lord, and help us to to really set ourselves the foundations for a prosperous, blessed, exciting, enthusiastic, passionate year, I pray. Lord, burn that in our hearts where we're apathetic and where we're still a little bit mediocre. Lord, charge us up. Come by your spirit, blow on the coals of our heart and begin to stir us up, Lord God, so that we're excited to live for the King of Kings. We're excited about being an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Our workplace is not just something we have to bear these days. It's something that we're going to bless and it's something that we're going to be God's mantle and authority in. We're going to go with joy in our hearts. We're going to go with enthusiasm, knowing 
that we can bring heaven everywhere that we go into every situation. Lord, that's a privilege. Help us to see it that way, I pray, in Jesus' name. What I thought would be a nice way to finish today is just come and 